Welcome back to another exciting episode of No Quest for the Wicked. Gentlemen, I've got two questions for you. Are you ready to rock? 100%. I don't know. I don't want to be held accountable for things that I've done. In the past, yeah. We're, yeah. Well, we just have to apologize really nicely. Yeah, that's how this is going to go. We're just going to apologize. We'll be good. It'll be fine. Hey, it wasn't you guys. More importantly, are you ready to roll? Rolling's what got me into this mess, but yeah, sure. Yeah. 100%. If it got you into this mess, it'll be the thing that gets you out. Okay. You guys are currently, you were en route to knee, and now you have been ripped out of the drift and are currently just floating sort of lifelessly in the persistence in the middle of space. There's a slight sort of pitch to the ship as it slowly rotates 360. All your systems have been uh, co-opted. There is a small pixelated skull on your screens and Veil vale is on your uh, communication screen and they are looking bad and their arm is currently ripped off. Their One of their arms is ripped off and draped over their shoulder like a like a little boa kind of mm. and they look pissed. Are they on the wing of the ship? <laughs> no. Okay, sorry. For some reason, I remember you saying that last episode. That would have no. been wild. They've, That's what I thought. I was like, this is fucking cool. No, they've they've showed up on your like communication screen. Okay. Whoa. Something's on the wing. That's what I thought. Uh, <laughs> a ship in front of you decloaks, and mm. it looks exactly like the like Galaga ship. Like that white, red, and blue ship. Do you know what I'm talking about from Galaga? The old nope. video game? No? But now I know. Well, that's what it looks like. It even has sort of like the hard edges of like an 8-bit video game sprite. They all got style. Yeah. They've tractor locked onto your ship. So as you guys are slowly pitching, their ship is just kind of following with you so that they are always looking at you. Suddenly, a small blue cube appears in the bridge. And then it glows bright and then begins pixelating in Veil. They teleport onto your bridge. Oh, physically teleport. Yep, yep. Cool. Hi, Veil. You're all fucked up, amigo. <laughs> Gee, I wonder how that happened. We sent a memo, right, Merrick? We, there was a memo that we yeah, sent? Yeah, we, we, we sent a memo. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Just the, the, the memo. Um, the one that uh, said that you may have sent a uh, incredibly dangerous assassin my way uh, who works for Contra who is looking for people investigating into Project Dahlia uh, oh, also you sent a small battalion of blood letters uh, also hired by Contra yes yes did no I got that memo yes did you kill them he looks at you and slaps you across the face with his uh, <laughs> removed arm Cody doesn't even react I'm guessing that's a no that would have been helpful though did you hurt Mr. Wire, at least? I, I do not know if you've seen the situation I'm in. No, I barely survived. And I am very happy that I'm living so that I can say, what the fuck, gentlemen? Well, they were going to kill a kid, so I was like, oh, I'll send them off to somebody more capable instead. That was you. Sorry. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I they didn't there, want me so. to do it. If that helps, so you just need to be angry at me. Oh, do not worry. Yes, I, I'm angry at all of you because this is the second time that you have stopped me from finding my sister. Sorry. When they say that, Vale immediately recoils. They had never revealed what they were doing. Yeah, because I wasn't sure if that was the first time we've heard that or not. 
Um, you hadn't told us about your sister before. What's she like? Oh, yes. That's what I'm going to do. We're going to have a little sharing session because you guys are so good at keeping secrets. I would love to see who you tell about my sister. Perhaps you'd like to send the scary android man after her as well. Vale, all we can do is apologize. Cody was put in a dire situation and he made a call in the moment. And obviously it was the wrong call. And we're sorry we put you at risk. Don't worry, I've learned my lesson. Next time, the child dies. Well, would you like a coffee? <laughs> Holy shit. No, 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 no. no. You see, that is where you are incorrect, Merrick. Uh, that is not all that you can do. No, because this is the second time that you have cost me very dearly. Once on Surth, when you kind of got me captured by Voltaire. And uh, this time, when I was this close to finding where she is being kept, uh, once again... I lost it because of you. Can we make it up to you, Vale? It's not a matter of can you. You will. Okay, fair enough. Because if you think that I got you in trouble with a little edited video, you do not want to see when I have a personal vendetta against you. Fair enough. Cody comes back with like three cappuccinos. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this one? You said no, right? He, he's going through some things. Um... Yeah, Merrick takes his cappuccino. <laughs> I'm fine. Friend of ours, possessed by an evil god, destroyed a planet, and died. It's been a rough couple of days. Yeah, to say the least. Good lord. Vale takes a step out into the tavern proper and walks over to the like little hollow desk that you can like project things off of and uh, presses their hand against the surface. And once again, you see a ripple of those like blue pixels peel off their hand and into the console and a image of knee appears. Um, but this time it's all low poly, like pixelated versions of things. Like you've mm-hmm. seen the proper version of knee in the hologram, but this time it is like a, it looks like it's made out of Lego, essentially. Oh, so your destination is the same as ours. Yes. When I was doing my own research, trying to find Project Dahlia, which I will say, You were the ones to put me on that case. Granted, I was trying to get that information while uh, everything was going to shit on Surth with that little kid who was hacking me back and opening windows and shit. But uh, whatever. This is where we are. I attempted to get more information from Contra, but uh, our little stunt at the Galerie Voltaire kind of put Contra on uh, lockdown and put them in high alert as to what I was trying to do. So I ended up having to find my information elsewhere. I was about to find the location of the Black Site 4 Project, Dahlia, uh, before I was rudely interrupted, and I was only able to find out that it was located on me. Question, I guess, is Project Dahlia related to your sister? I believe that is why she was taken. I do not know why, but my sister is a very powerful witch warper. And I do not know if that is a reason why she was taken, but if I were to guess, it would be. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Have you learned anything new about Project Alia? All I know is it is a black site for Contra doing whatever they're doing, and they needed my sister to do it. Now, you're saying you have more information about Dahlia. That would be a good way to repair our uh, currently strenuous relationship. That's great. Uh, What was your sister's name, if you don't mind me asking? Her name is Amara. What we learned on Yusuron is that uh, they needed Iberium. A lot of Iberium. Specifically for Project Dahlia, right? If I remember correctly. Yeah, there there are certain cases of it. 
Mm-hmm. And the Ministry of Defense were doing something with it for them. And it yeah. loosely destroyed the planet itself. And we know it's some kind of, like, shape-shifting life support device? Something like that. We haven't really figured that part out yet. Well, I mean, that doesn't really help. It's good to know, but uh, doesn't really help us in uh, this current situation where we are trying to locate it. No. Um, once again, Vale does a couple uh, computer things uh, using these like blue pixels. He's, they're not interfacing with the computer itself, but seem to be like sending pixels in to do the work for them. And the little hologram of knee like breaks apart and a small chunk of it floats up. The best uh, plan of action that I can see is that we go to Sassilis. It is the largest city on Nii, and we will uh, do some investigation. So why, what are the leads that led you here anyway? Like, why Nii? What kind of trail are we following right now? I've been following paper trails, uh, money mostly. From what I can tell, there is a location that is not registered on any of the official contra documents for facilities uh, that is funneling money, and there is no record of it, which makes me believe that despite the fact that all this money is going into me and none of the facilities that are on record are receiving them, uh, that there is a, a facility there that they want to keep secret. All right. If we had a sample of something they were using in the construction, would you be able to maybe track it somehow? On that note, is the Iberium, the, the large amount of it, is that trackable? Like, Or the silver liquid, because we know that's involved, right? We're, yeah, yeah, it's, once again, I feel like we're close, we're just missing a couple pieces of information. Because yeah, I feel like if Iberium was coming here, it, it would we would know, right? It'd be large yeah. shipments of it. I think, Vale, Vale, you would know if it was happening. And, I mean, this is what I've, there, there are large shipments of things going here. But I will not know until I get there. I need to find a, a depot, and that is my suggestion. We look into two things. Knee, famously, not exactly a place where people like to share a lot of information, but I'm sure with the right uh, motivations, people would be willing to uh, talk. And also, if we are to find a Contra depot, then perhaps we would be able to uh, narrow down our options as to where this may be. All right. On that note, are you able to help us get to knee without alerting the blood letters? We're kind of on their shit list right now, too. Yeah. And we have to fly past their big old space station. Yes. You see, this is how a, a beneficial relationship works. You, I help you. Uh, I do not try to get you killed. Although it is very tempting right now to set off all of your beacons and uh, let them know exactly where you are. Uh, you will be important to me for now. So if you do a good job, uh, I won't let every bounty hunter know where you are. Thank you, Vale. And in all seriousness, I'm very happy that you're alive. Yes. Now, if you would like to show me to your med bay, I would like to fix this. (laughs) (laughs) Med bay? We didn't get one of Uh, So about that, um, we don't have a med bay. Yeah. Uh, Vale just stares blankly at you for a second. <laughs> and uh, Short Jack walks up and takes a look and goes, um, I think I could probably give you a patch in the old tech workshop. Uh, and he looks over and there's like a little handwritten sign above the tech workshop that just is like Short Jack's place. <laughs> That's so adorable. And Vale sighs and once again drapes their arm over 
their shoulders and follow Shortjack into the uh, into the tech workshop. See, we never needed the med bay. Yeah, I, I mean, with enough duct tape, right, you can pretty much fix any wound. Do you think he'd like my arm? And that would make him feel better? I mean, it probably would make him feel better, but I don't think it's probably Vail. the right route. Vale. <laughs> don't. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Vale, you uh, get fixed up, and then we'll plan our next steps, and we'll go down to knee. Uh, Vale uh, has already sort of like just disappeared into the, the tech workshop. All right, fair enough. <clears throat> still can't fly. Oh, well. Oh, you feel the the lights and everything have come back on and you can feel the the persistence sort of like writes itself. And out the window, you see uh, Vale's ship uh, once again get cloaked and goes invisible. Nice. We should get a cloak. But you're giving a shit about not having a med bay and you don't have one. Oh. <laughs> uh, vale leans out and he says, I have a med bay. It's not a very big one, but it's kind of difficult to put your own arm back on. Fair enough. Seems like a, a design issue they should have replicated. If you're too injured to use your med bay, that's not great. Uh, they just stare blankly at you, and then you see uh, their hand reach down and press the door close button as it just goes. Oh, no. I think he's sad. Okay, let's go. All right. You guys, uh, Vale is in the tech workshop getting patched up. The ship has regained its facilities. What would you like to do? Cody's just like humming and drinking the coffee, waiting for commands. Oh, All right. I feel like we need to talk about something, but I don't know what it is. You know? Well, okay. Let's um, let's have a quick conversation about what the threats are on this planet. Okay. So, so of course, bloodletters are obvious. Bloodletters are obvious. They don't seem to chill on the planet, right? They have their base off-world, so I don't know how much of a danger they actually are. Well, we gotta pass through the asteroid field to get there, so mm. probably pretty bad, because that's their whole bag, right? Catching people before they hit the planet. Yep, so uh, that's an issue... Contra itself, maybe more robots like uh, Mr. Wire, or whatever his name is. Hayden. Hayden Wire. Also, the last time we attacked, there were some Yosoki involved in the attack, Dern. Yeah, I'm aware. Were they from your uh, old plan? Yeah, 100%. But the perk of that is they're after me more so than anyone else here. So if anyone's in danger, it's most likely just me. Well, that's also an issue to me. As your friend and captain, if you're in danger, we're all in danger. All right. Appreciate, so, but you don't have to extend that courtesy to me. But I will. So if you if I, you do any darn bullshit, like you know something's going on or notice something, and you disappear into the shadows to deal with it yourself, I will kick your ass. So please, <laughs> you notice anything, any mm-hmm. of your old habits, a tingle of your fur, you let us know. All right. Well, Could be a I mean, the, very good distraction to use, though. Uh, the one big thing is they're not operating in duos anymore, if that helps. That's probably the biggest change that I've noticed. They're sticking solo. All right, it's easier to deal with one. Okay, blood letter base. What do we know about it? It's on an asteroid. Asteroid, right? Uh, if you'd like got? to know any more than that, you're going to have to give me culture checks. Uh, I, will, I will roll a culture check. Who has the best culture? It's pretty good. Oh, I have a 13 in it. Let's give it a shot. Wow, you have a 13. I have a 3, but I got a 17. I mean, it's not as bad as my survival, but it's okay. Yeah, what <laughs> is? <laughs> um, I got a 29. Okay. Cody, you don't know any. You know that there's a blood layer base somewhere on the asteroid field. That's about it. Cool. Uh, Durin, um, you know that it is fairly easy to find the, or like, if you know where you're looking, you can find the, the asteroid base because it tends to not... Because it's a, it's a space station, it doesn't rotate the way that the other asteroids do. So mm. 
if you're a particularly discerning eye can spot it and avoid it. It tends to be a little more stationary in terms of its actual orbit, um, but it does float freely through the asteroid belt. It is constantly moving. It's just not rotating on the axis as much as the other ones do. You know that uh, there are beacons on other asteroids that act as like motion detectors. And there are like cameras throughout the whole thing. It's like pretty much one big like communication array that they use to vet ships coming in and out. And that's how they they track it. And then they they um, like cross reference with open bounties, even if they don't have the bounty, mm-hmm. like even if someone else has uh, got it and is operating on it, uh, they will steal it, essentially. Yeah, I don't doubt it. They'll probably like grab you and like, you know, do a search for a bounty or whatever and make yeah. a make money off you. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, what, what are the beacons tracking? If I can, if you know that it's moving. if I know that. Like it, they're all they're all like motion detectors, and the second a ship passes by, like the section mm-hmm. they, they detect a ship, uh, they uh, run a scan on you. And mm-hmm. if you if you or any of your crew or like known crew have a bounty, uh, they will intercept you. Okay. Yeah, we do have a bounty right now, correct? Not officially, but <laughs> a personal one that, in a way. Yeah, the fact that the ba- or the blood letters were there with uh, with Aiden Wire, it's a good bet that there is like a dark web contract out on you all right so we sort of need uh veil to fake our id or something uh probably to hide our movement in some way i mean i'm not sure if they can lend us the uh, their cloaking field or not yeah veil has has let you know that they will get you through the asteroid field to secure your help oh perfect and as soon as veil's ready let's hit it okay we have the blood letters what are the threats we got on the planet well contra contra Maybe uh, some Yosoki assassins. Yeah. Now, to your point about the criminals, uh, Nii's actually known to be very safe, uh, despite the fact that there's a bunch of like fugitives and former criminals and shit. Uh, it's an incredibly like blue collar. A lot of them just take manufacturing jobs and shit. And because they are laying low, a lot of people just kind of put their heads down and do their own thing, like go to work, go home, repeat. So as to not draw any attention. Cool. Really low crime rate. Oh, well, that's good to know. All right. Seems like we've covered everything. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Once you guys are all set, Vale joins you in the bridge and presses their hand against one of the consoles. And once again, those like blue pixels ripple out and onto the uh, screen. For a second, all of your consoles and everything turn from the modern screens that you have to almost like a Commodore 64, like the big green sort of like flashing block. Uh, and they all looks and it looks at you guys and says, this should uh, sort of replicate a, a archaic sort of technology. Uh, this will not trigger any of the blood letter scans. It lasts for only a little bit. So I would recommend we get going. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cody, punch it. Punching. All right. You guys approach the asteroid field. And it is this huge expanse of these ice-covered rocks. There's also sort of like ice debris as well everywhere. Uh, Those don't pose much of a threat. They can just kind of bounce off your ship. But the asteroids themselves, obviously dangerous. To get through this, Cody, I'm going to need some piloting checks to see. I mean, just one piloting check to see how well you traverse the, the field. Right. How's a 29? Or actually, sorry, I get a plus three from the ship, right? Has a 32. That is 
perfect. You manage to fly through the field unscathed. How do you do it? I'm just like weaving around asteroids like as if it's like a slalom or like a like a theme park or like a video game, like very erratically. And I would say dangerously. Uh, I think I'm going to look at Merrick. We should probably pull Cody aside and talk to him, right? I think we're kind of, he's making me nervous. Yeah, but we're in a dire situation right now. I don't know if, uh... And do you want want someone who's emotionally compromised on a dire situation? I just don't know how Cody handles emotion in general, so... Yeah, he's not. All right, no, you're right. We should, uh, when we have the chance, when we get on the planet, we'll talk to him. As you guys are approaching through atmosphere into knee, Cody, the windshield begins frosting over, and you lose visibility for a second. As you move from space into atmosphere onto planet, it it completely freezes over, and you remember sitting outside of Mezos' office and just staring blankly as you can hear Mezo yelling at someone, but the words don't mean anything because all you can think of is Alpha's gone. And that is the thought that has just sort of gripped you. And you are pulled out of this daze for a moment when from inside the room you hear, Find him! As the door is almost ripped open and a man is practically thrown out. And you recognize it as one of the security officers that uh, work on the estate. He sort of like straightens his suit and like fixes tie and then kind of walks away like a scolded dog. And then Mezos, looming over you, looks down and says, you, in, and disappears into the office. I like just walk in. Uh, Mezos sits down at his large desk and for a very rare brief moment that that sort of like hard exterior melts away as he presses his elbows into the desk and drops his head into his hands with a heavy sigh you've never been in his office before and the left side is just like filled with plaques and awards of his accomplishments uh center of the wall is that picture that you saw at the guild hall of the heiress Uh, assembly team of him in the middle surrounded by engineers and those smudges of blurred white light and on the opposite wall is a small table with a single picture frame uh, a single vase filled with dahlias is the picture of his wife Uh, when you look it is and there is a sharp pain that runs from like the back of your eyes all the way to the back of your head and it feels like someone's dragging knives down the back of your neck. Um, this is the first time I've seen her, right? Apart from that statue? As far as you remember, yes. Oh, yes. And Mezos looks up, and once again, that that sort of exterior that he's always presenting, he, it almost looks as, like his face has melted a little. It's not as hard and harsh. And you see uh, someone who resembles a human man, and not this sort of persona that tends to be projected. He looks you dead in the eyes and he says you were meant to protect him. I I know. Do you have news? No, I don't. I have a lot of people looking. 
and I've got a lot of money behind those people looking, so I feel like it's a matter of time. Let me be one of those people looking. I'll find them. He stands up and begins pacing back and forth in the room, and he says, You're the best chance we have at finding him, but I'm not going to let you wander around aimlessly. You will wait here, and the second I get a location, you are going in, and you are getting him. Do you understand me? Oh, I, I will I will get him. No matter what, I will get him. And he walks over to the picture frame and picks it up and stares at it for a moment and runs a finger across the glass. And he says, I lost his, his mother. And he turns around to look at you and he says, I cannot lose him. Either can I. And the frost begins melting away as the ship uh, turns on like the heated windshield to melt it and for a second it doesn't look much different as snow is pelting the windshield uh, and you can barely make out uh, Sassilus in the distance but the large orange glowing pylons that surround the city to help protect it from the cold and the weather um, you can see as snow approaches it looks like there is almost a bubble around the city but there isn't it's just these these pylons that are melting the snow as it approaches um, and there is a sort of orange haze that goes throughout the city as there are these strips uh, similar to the pylons that are built into the buildings how similar to the pylons are we talking like we're not talking like looking like the ones from uh plan no no okay no no these are literally just like big they look like almost fluorescent tubes but they're just really big um (laughs) i was worried we were just gonna be like (sighs) in another useful situation no 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 uh a ring of shimmering orange pylons surround the city of sassilis acting as both a beacon for the city during the frequent blizzards that take place on the planet but also act as a warming barrier that makes sassilis inhabitable Known as the Frozen Retreat, Sassilus is known to be a haven for fugitives and people looking to start over. Built on top of a geothermal vent, geysers dot the city with large glass tubes covering them in order to protect the citizens from the occasional eruptions. They are a temporary moment of wonder and beauty in an otherwise bleak city. Tarnished and dull metal buildings, none of which stand more than six stories tall, make up the dwellings, with much of the actual interior below ground to benefit from the geothermal heat that the city is built on. Each building has strips of those orange lights that radiate heat to help regulate the temperature with the aid of the exterior pylons. Winter attire is still required to comfortably travel outside, even within the city, and uh, very few people linger long outside, As and you see like a bustling foot traffic as people rush from one place to another as fast as they can. Uh, you guys get set down into a loading dock as you're cleared to land, and it's slightly covered. It's not completely interior, uh, but you're in like this... Uh, kind of covered hangar. All right, All let's right. get to it. Lead the way, Val. Before you guys disembark, uh, Short Jack runs up with a clipboard and he says, um, guys, I've, we, we've still got uh, uh, quite a bit of, of extra juice left in the tank in terms of the, uh, the, the upgrade we got from Astrid. If you guys want, you can like uh, just let me know what you would like to add to the ship or take off from the ship and, uh, you know, I, I get it done while you guys are, are out. Okay, sounds good. What are you thinking, Cody? Oh, I've been thinking all trip. And I 
pass over a list. Um, should we go through it very swiftly? Yeah. We're going to upgrade our thrusters to M8, increasing okay. our speed, which increases the checks that ships are going to have to make against us, although we do lose a bit of maneuverability. Uh, going to buff up our armor by two to Mark Four armor, so we now have a plus four bonus to AC. Uh, Mark Two duo node, so two plus two checks around. We're going to go up to Mark Six defenses on our TL, which is quite nice. Keep our anti-hacking and our drift engine the same. Go up to advanced medium range sensors. Uh, so we have a plus four modifier and our range is medium. Big change here where we're going to buff our shields from light shield 60 to medium shields 160. Damn. Okay. Nice. Now we're going to have 40 on each side. It really pissed me off that some of the shields don't have a number divisible by four. But whatever. Come back to that bit. And then we also are swapping out our weapons fully. So I'm going to upgrade the mount at the front into a heavy mount. Upgrade the mount on our turret to a heavy mount. I'm going to put a Gatling cannon on the front of the ship and a heavy buster cannon on the turret for Jenny. Um, when Short Jack, he's like kind of uninspired by a lot of it. Just being like, oh, oh, oh. And then once he gets to the weapons, he's like, oh, yeah, now that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping it'll be like a one-two punch because like the Buster Cannon is like does high damage to shields, which is very fun. And like if it breaks a shield arc, the remaining damage also splashes out into the nearby two arcs on either side. And I nice. believe it makes it harder to rebalance them. Um, and then the uh, Gatling Cannon has Ripper, so it does like a bunch of damage. So it does less damage to shields, but uh, it's 15d4 damage. Which is great. So nice. It'll once those shields are taken care of, it should shred. So I'm feeling nice. a little beefy here. Hell yeah! Yeah, short check clips it to his clipboard, and uh, oh, so, oh <laughs> did sorry. we forget the most important part? The one oh, we yeah. discussed. <laughs> and I point at the sheet, and, I'm like, and we're gonna get a, a cryo chamber. Oh my! <laughs> and there's a requisition form for a cryo chamber for like the back of the ship in one of our uh, cargo holds. Okay. <sighs> Well, that's where we are. Okay. And I turn around to the guys. I'm like, that, that sounds good. That looks like it. Tell me, we tell me we actually included it. Did are we're doing a med bay, right? Like we've, yes, yes. That's what we're doing. Duran, why are you speaking so strangely? That doesn't <sighs> sound like you at all. Sorry. My, my apologies. We decided on a med bay, right? Like, didn't we just establish we don't need one? He got fixed in the tech workshop. I can't argue with that. I can't. But I want to. Duran, we're, we're pulling your leg. I think we're getting him at bay. Oh, thank fuck. Short Jack is looking on the sheet and is confused. Um, and then he like turns it over and very small on the back <laughs> is it just says med bay. Very reluctantly written. Yeah, like in pencil, like it was meant to be like erased later and just forgotten. I can I can hear all of our listeners leaving that we broke our promise and we got a med bay. Yeah, but we just wanted Dane to have to role play a sexy doctor at some point. So it's true. Oh yeah, yeah. We we have set you up, Dan. Do we see that hospital Thanks. ship anywhere in the in the docking yards? You actually saw it on Useron get swallowed by the. <laughs> yeah, fair. If they get trapped down there with other survivors, at least they'll have medical care. Yeah, you guys are on knee. I'm just kind of imagine imagine like a fur coat on or something, and like very the thing style type of deal. As you step out into the cold, Duran, you are immediately reminded of. The mission to destroy the hospital as it also took place on a arctic planet and you remember hiking through waist-high snow with dirk mm -hmm. 
I think I wanted to keep, I think I'm going to be keeping him in front of me the entire time. Yeah, he's got the pack with most of the gear on and he's uh, using the extra weight to kind of just like snow plow a path for you. Mm-hmm. And as he clears the snow in front, you're able to walk a little easier and you mm-hmm. are uh, tasked with sort of being the lookout. So okay. Dirk just has like head down and is just like going, just powering through all the snow. And uh, you are uh, scanning the horizon for any movement. Okay. Okay. Uh, do I, do you want me to make a perception check? Uh, yes, please. Uh, not one. I guess I have a lot on my mind. <laughs> yeah, the blizzard is like you can practically you can almost not see Dirk, who is about six feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a full whiteout and you guys are and it's so loud as well and so cold from the wind that you guys are actually on comms that you can't talk to each other without, you know, yelling. Uh, you can hear Dirk like starting to breathe heavily as he stops for a second and uh, pants a little bit to catch his breath. Getting old? <laughs> he turns to you and he says, I'm younger than you, mate. You're not showing it too well. Do you won't carry the pack? Eh, it's fine. I don't mind. Gotta respect your elders, after all. That's what I thought. He reaches in and pulls out a small like stick that he breaks and tosses it on the ground, and the snow immediately melts in a small sort of like five-foot radius around it, and you guys are briefly enveloped in the warmth of this small sun stick, and he looks at you, and he says, Mate, this mission still ain't sitting right with me. Oh, yeah? We don't even know if these people are even still there. We could just be taking out civilians for absolutely no reason. Yeah, I guess I suppose so. What are you trying to tell me? You're not in it anymore? He looks for a second and you can see him reach in and pull his his earpiece out uh, and kind of no- motions for you to do the same. I do so. It would be very easy to disappear out here, mate. Lost in a blizzard. Killed. We could leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose we could. I've seen the way that you've looked at these missions. I know this isn't what we signed up for. Pondering for a moment on how to respond to this, what do you expect to happen here, Dirk? On mission or right now? Let's say both. I mean, it's going to be the same thing that we've done hundreds of times. We're going to go, a rousing success. We blow up a hospital. We're going to go back. They're going to say, good job. You've done it. And then a week later... They've managed to rally. Mm-hmm. There's a new target. Mate, we've done it a thousand times. Right now, I have one real question that I'm asking myself. About all this, about the mission, about everything. It's supposed to be my last mission, right? When you say that, he cocks his head. What do you mean, Dern? Don't know. What do I mean? Uh, he tilts his head down, realizing you overheard his call. And... He takes a step closer to you. So right now, I do not know if I can even really trust you. Someone who I've put my life on the line with for so long. I've secured, mate, a transport out. Mm -hmm. If you want it to be, this could be our 
last mission. I want a sense motive on this. Yeah. Nat 20, holy shit. Holy shit. He's telling the truth. Can I get a a total on your Nat 20? Oh, yeah. Um, Sense motive is 35 total. Cool. Um, I would like ease a little bit of sigh relief. Be like, so who were you talking to then? I have a contact outside of the clan. Mm. Fake identities, new place to go, live, a house, somewhere outside of the system. Mate, you don't have to come with me. All I'm saying is, this is my last mission. Yeah, no, I understand. But I think you should do it. I think you should go. He nods. And I think I will find my own way. Yeah, he he nods and uh, stamps really hard on the sun stick, which goes out, uh, kicks some snow over top of it, uh, readjusts his pack, puts his earpiece back in and begins walking again. I put I do the same and put it in and follow him. All right. Uh, Vale is leading you through the city and says, the way I see it, there are two options that we have. Uh, First, we ask around the locals and see what we can get about uh, perhaps anyone who may work or know of a secret contour base. I don't think it's going to be too fruitful, but uh, anything could be something. Um, and then they pull out a small data pad, open up a map, and show you what looks like a warehouse complex uh, just outside the city. And they say, second is, uh, this is Contra's main storage facility uh, just outside city limits. This will be a little more difficult to uh, approach. So I say this probably should be our second uh, attempt, but I will leave it up to you. Yeah, no, I, I agree, Vale. We'll uh put our boots to the streets and see what we can come up with. Should we split up or should we go together? We should probably split up. Uh, no. Cover more ground. I'll go with fail. There is absolutely no way that I'm leaving any of you out of my sight for this. All right. Fair enough. We'll stick together. Where are we going first? All the buildings are like these rounded, non-lustrous metal buildings with an occasional strip of that orange heated light. But in the distance, you see a... It almost looks like someone took it from the drip and plopped it down in the middle. And it's a club called the Icicle Club. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no bouncer or like sort of fanfare or anything outside, but it certainly seems like out of place in terms of <laughs> the drabness of the city. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that this is sort of like the main place that people go. What's the name of it? The Icicle Club. Icicle Club. That's very penguin themed. Yeah, okay. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Is the rat man making a return? Oh, <laughs> fuck me. Fuck no. Oh my God. I, I hope so. I need to calm my hype down because it might not even be real. No, I'm just riffing. Um, all right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's always good to start at the uh, local gathering hole. Watering hole. I'm getting my... Uh, I mean, it's technically both. Either way, it's a hole. Let's go to that hole. Yeah. <laughs> You guys walk in there. Once again, there's no bounce or anything. So you're able to like just wander in the interior of the club is fashioned to look like everything is coated in ice. If you've ever been to like those ice bars that they have where like everything has been carved out, it looks like one of those. The walls are glistening a light blue and the floor is a reflective white. Large icicles dangle from the ceiling, slowly changing colors between green, purple, blue and white. 
A water feature runs along the exterior walls with the occasional aquatic arctic animal poking out and looking around, uh, much to the delight of the few people who might be paying attention. Uh, most people are either saddled up at the bar or on the dance floor. Anywhere else, this sort of establishment would be considered uh, kind of fancy and most people would be well-dressed trendy patrons, but here it is mostly blue-collar workers still in their overalls or, uh, you know, work attire. Uh, no one is really dressed up for a club situation. And those that aren't in their, like, work outfits are sort of just dressed in drab, functional clothing, primarily keeping warm. And it seems like most people are doing that specifically, one, again, for function, for warmth, and two, to, like, purposefully not garner any attention. A robot zips back and forth uh, in a long room to the right that serves as a coat check, and a Brunary bartender is entertaining some of the guests with some impressive bartending flair as he's like spinning bottles, like he's on the back of the, or on his back sliding across the bar, like spinning a bottle on his, his little belly. And as you walk in, there's a brief moment where the entire bar turns to look at you and then almost immediately goes back to their business. Yeah, I don't think, I think it'll be hard to find somebody to talk, but we'll mm. enjoy ourselves while we're here. Do we know any information brokers here or anything like that? We'll have to figure it out. Give me some perception checks real quick for me, boys. Okay. No, no. <laughs> 19. Uh, 27. 32. Damn. Jesus Christ. American Durin, you look around and you realize that for the time of day that it is on me, this place is way too fucking busy. There's no reason this many people in work clothes should be here right now. Like it is the middle of the day and you know how corporations work. There's no reason that these people should not be at work right now. Yeah, they should be on shift, right? Yeah. Is there a strike happening? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Is there like um, a newspaper nearby that we can look at? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But there is a lot of people. Okay, hmm. I guess we'll stroll up to the bar. Cody's looking at the animals, which is why he missed all this. <laughs> yeah, they're like these little like bright. Actually, no, they wouldn't be bright. They're like these like black and brown little like penguin things that every now and then will like pop up, take oh, a look around, and, like penguins dive back down. He's so hype. Merrick, go ahead and take the lead on this one. You're the talker. Oh, barely. Um, hello. Uh, who are you approaching? The bartender. He presses like both paws onto the, the bar and like slides over to you and like stops perfectly in front of you and sort of like leans. He's still like lying down on his side and leans his like head on his hand. And it's like, well, hello. Um, hello. Um, can I get three, four, four beers, please? Yes, you got it. And he rolls over onto his tummy and once again slides himself down uh, to the end of the bar and hops off and opens up a fridge and pulls out some beers uh, and then waddles over and slams them up on the counter. I love this. I I love this. I love all of this. Yeah, it's incredible. This is the greatest day of my life. Just a quick question for you. We just got here. We were in the drift for a while, so I must have lost track of the day of the week. Is, Is it the weekend? This place is pretty full for the afternoon. It must be a, you know, a day off, right? No, no, it's it's middle of the week. Oh, is it always this busy here? I didn't think Nee was a party planet. He kind of like gives some like a cheeky sort of like sideways glance as if to be looking for people, but is pretty much doing it for your sake. Um, yeah. And he leans over the bar and he says, now, I know it's bad for business for everyone else, but this little uh, strike situation that's happening is Fuck good yeah. for me. Ryan used his brain for once and figured something out. <laughs> oh, it's which corporation? Is it, a, is it like the whole planet? Is there a certain business? I'm just, once again, I don't want to step on anybody's toes being new here. 
No, no, I love to gossip. Um, it's it's everyone. It's it's all the manufacturers right now. It, there is a hard general strike. What happened? Was there like a em- employee death, or people just fed up? Little column A, little column B. Now, I don't want to give you some unreliable information, so if you want to uh, maybe talk to some of the guys, I'm sure they'd be happy to tell you their stories. All right, um, thank you. And what was your name, friend? Uh, Mission. M- mission? Mission. Mission, okay. Um, he reaches into, uh, or like under the thing, and pulls out a uh, little business card and hands it to you, and it's M-Y-S-H-Y-N. Mission. What's his title on his business card? There's literally nothing other than his name. <laughs> it's a bold maneuver. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I don't even know why. And you can tell uh, that people probably don't really know what his name is every time he says it. So he's gotten these cards made to explain. Nice. Um, cool. Uh, so, okay. I, obviously, I give everyone a beer. I, I pay him a couple credits, give him a big tip. Okay. I uh, Let's... I'm just, it's interesting that the strike hat is happening now when we're here. Buy a round for the hard workers and then, you know, get them talking, get them lucid. Well, I think, yeah, we'll start with, uh, so, you know, people are out of work right now. It's probably a table and I'm assuming it's going to be a little bit more rambunctious mm-hmm. if you're out of a job and day drunk. So I'm going to ha- keep my eyes open for the table that seems to be the most rambunctious and like maybe, you know, fuck that guy. Oh, I don't know why we ever did this job. That kind of attitude. Bill looks around and says, I'm going to find a data port to uh, see what I can pull up on local communications. Uh, you do the schmoozing. I will do the, uh, you know, the tippity-tappity. And uh, Vale goes over to a corner and finds like a like a wall plug and jacks into it. Okay. Um, roll of perception, I guess. Um, no, if you're looking for just like the loudest table, it's it's not hard to find. No one's really like... Like I said, everyone is kind of like keeping to themselves and purposely not trying to uh, garner any attention. But there is a table that seems to be a little more quick to laugh and a little more like I don't rambunctious isn't the word, but animated, maybe more animated. It's fine. That's perfect. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't say anyone here is rambunctious. Like the, the whole vibe of me is everyone is just like doing their own thing, specifically not to garner any attention. Um, okay. But there is there is a table that, yeah, maybe has been drinking a little longer than everyone else and has sort of like uh, let those pretenses slip a little more. So, yeah, you see a you see a table that uh, definitely fits that bill. Uh, are they drinking whatever they're drinking? I'll get another round and I'll bring it over as we approach. Uh, yeah, they seem to be drinking just like the basic beer that okay. that you guys got. Yeah, yeah. So we'll get we'll get a, another. Uh, how many people at the table? Three, four. Uh, there's about three of them. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we'll bring over. Some beers and walk up. Hello, friends. Um, these are from us. Lay the beers on the table. Uh, we're, we just got here today, but we heard about. My gods, Merrick, just loosen up a bit. Let's get the boys around, right? As you like both come up with that energy, all three of them are sort of like leaning away from you. And one of them leans forward and sniffs you, Merrick, with like a deep like. Mm. Boys. Does this smell like corpo shit to me? Smells like corpo shit. Is this corpo shit? We are far from corpo shit, dude. Well, what the fuck is this canned line bullshit that you're coming at us with? You know what, man? We just hear what's going on here, and I'm so fucking proud of you guys for standing up for yourself. We're just awkward people, but you fucking power to you guys. We're proud of everyone here on this planet sticking up for themselves. Just wanted to share a little cheer with you. They snatched the beers out of your hand, 
uh, put them beside the ones that they're currently drinking and still sort of are looking at you with like disgust. And they're just like, why are you talking like that? What do, do, do we do boozy milkshakes here or boozy hot chocolate? Hi, mm. Cody. The one guy looks and they kind of lean over and they're like, guys, how the fuck have we not done boozy hot chocolates here? I was looking around and I, I kind of figured there would be some. And like you could see them all kind of having an existential crisis right now where they're like they've they've kind of dropped the machismo and they're all kind of like just staring down at their beers and they're just like, but boozy hot chocolate sounds like it would fucking slap. That's what I thought. Uh, and one of the guys gets up and like is just like practically running to the bar. Good job, Cody. I'm, I'm just going to gently nudge Cody to one of the empty seats and let him do his thing. I just sit down and I start looking at the fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, they kind of, they've, they've started to like warm up to you a little bit and they're just like, sorry, look, the amount of fucking union reps that have come in and tried to be like, we're your pals. We like you guys. You're doing a great stand up job is we have so many of these fucking assholes coming in trying to be like one of us. And no offense, you guys are outsiders. We've never seen you before. And it just reeks like corporate scheme. To be fair, our approach was felt very, very weird and very corporate. I was I raised that. very traditionally. I'm, I'm still trying to loosen up, as they say. Look, it's it's fine. We came a little hot. You came a little weird. That's whatever. Uh, thank you for the beers. Appreciate it. Why are you here? Well, but, you know, on me for a lot of the reasons anyone comes here. He gives like a, a like a, a knowledgeable silent like nod of being like oh yeah no don't, don't, no need to say anymore he just kind of like nods to you yeah we're just obviously we're shocked to notice the strike was going up so we you know just very curious as to what happened before we start well we we would normally try to find work for ourselves but obviously we're sure you guys are in the right so we're not going to try to be ain't no scabs like, yeah no ain't no scabs all right yeah I mean it's shit just got dangerous. It was, it, it's gotten to the point where like, as much as I need the credits in my pocket, uh, credits don't help you if you're fucking torn apart on the ice. That's true. What's, what's been happening? Like why the, what started the strike? I guess is what we're really getting at. Uh, five transports smashed and, you know, at least 20 or, or 30 guys done for, uh, just in the middle of, of commute. Fuck that shit. I mean, I, like I said, I need the credits, but I ain't dying for these corpses. What happened? I I never saw it. Obviously, I'm doing all right. Uh, but the reports all over the place. I heard that uh, tentacles smashing out of the ice. Let me tell you, that's that's weird. The ice here is like a mile thick. Is something smashing through that? Unlikely. But uh, there are people who are swearing by it that purple tentacles came out of the ice grabbed the ship tore it apart and killed everyone on it i'm sorry to hear that wow that's those are big tentacles if that's what happened that's what i'm saying my man and look mm. I, I don't believe it i think it's fucking you know look knee is a big place a lot of it empty barren landscape lots can happen out there and if you're on a long job, if you're if you're not doing a daily commute, if you're out there for a couple of weeks, especially if you're doing like a harvest or something, I get it. You can go a little wonky. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. And the other guy who's sitting at the table who hasn't really said much, is just like shaking his head the whole time. He's like, nah, no, 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 no. Look, if you want to know what happened, I'll tell you. It wasn't tentacles. It was a sky beast. 
came from the frozen sky, swooped down, tore the fucking roof off the transport like it was a can of sardines, and had itself a little feast on our working bones. Were you there? No. But I know when someone tells me the truth, and that man was not shitting me. And it makes way more sense than tentacles coming up a mile thick ice. It does sound like it makes more sense. Who told you? I feel like we need need to give him a beer, too. As you're saying that the guy who went to get uh, boozy hot chocolates comes down with... Uh, with six and puts down uh, a set for his, his boys. And he's also got a set for you guys as well. Oh, oh thanks. Thanks. Hey, I'm just, you know, if, if we're going to be doing this, you guys came up with it. It's your idea. I feel like you should be a part of the, the inaugurated drink here. Um, and he lifts them up and gives you all a chair. And he's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about anyway? To brand new friends. Uh, yeah. And he, he cheers you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sky Beasts is what we're talking about. Uh, he looks at the the two guys. He's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? You're gonna do this shit again? Look, no, there's no Sky Beasts. There's no tentacles. It's a you know, who knows what it is, but it's not fucking monsters." Were you there? No, I wasn't there. So what? What have you heard? Look, I heard a lot of stupid shit. Tentacles, sky beasts. I, I heard there was like a four-story tall gorilla. It's none of it. It's it's nonsense, right? If you want to know, all right? Jensen over there is the only one who survived one of these attacks. So if you want to talk to someone, talk to Jensen. And they point over to a guy who's uh, sitting at the bar by himself. And he's cradling a uh, small rocks glass filled with like a dark purple liquor and he drains it and the like the it looks like cough medicine in terms of it's like viscosity like it sticks to the sides mm-hmm. of the glass and when he puts it down the Brunneri who is quite joyful as you interacted with him is very sullen around this guy he just kind of like walks over and fills his glass back up talk to Jensen He's the only one who's going to give you any sort of like no bullshit, all right? But go easy on him. It was it was a rough one for him. Good. Someone depressed and sad is someone I can talk to. <laughs> <laughs> I hate how accurate that feels. Cool. America's just going to get up and just sort of slowly approach the guy. And uh, he, he doesn't turn around or anything, but he does like when – he he notices you are there. He kind of like gives you a side glance and just like a, a fairly polite like little nod. I sort of take the bar chair next to him. You must be Jensen. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's me. Ah, Merrick. Nice to meet you. Yeah. And he uh, he just kind of again gives you a nod. I've heard uh, you went through a rough moment. What a surprise. Yes, 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 yes. Someone's... No, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever happened must have been terrible. Uh, and it's just... Sad to see you over here by yourself. I've seen some horrific things lately. Uh, yeah. And it's been very good to be just near other people. Oh, I mean, like, well, yeah, I, I would love to be with my friends if they weren't uh, ripped apart and uh, frozen on the uh, lakes. Sorry to hear that. That's That was a little insensitive of me. What happened out there, Jensen? He looks back down at his glass and drains it again, and you're going to have to give me a diplomacy check, please. Okay. 22. He... Uh, sticks his finger into the glass and like runs it along so that he like scoops the stuff that's stuck to the side of the wall and like sticks his finger in his mouth and, and sucks it off and looks at you and he just says, it doesn't matter what I say happened out there because everyone's got a different story. Everyone's got a different 
excuse as to why it is. And there are people who are going to say, nothing happened. The corpos, nothing happened. Freak accident. Oops. Malfunction. There are people who are saying it's tentacles. There are people who are saying it's some creature that came out through the fucking storm. There are people who said, you know, there, there's all these reasons. You know what killed my friends? The fucking snow. And you might be thinking, yeah, the, the, the climate here is terrible. I'm sure a lot of people die to exposure. But no, I'm not saying they died because of the snow. I'm saying the snow killed them. The snow came to life in a way or acted with murderous intent. It ripped them apart. How'd you survive? Luck, I guess. There, I didn't do anything. I just hid. And I watched as my friends died. But there's one thing that all of these things have in common. Everyone I've talked to, it's the eyes. The eyes in the distance that watch it happen. The orange eyes. I'm glad you survived, Jensen. I'm really sorry about what happened to your friends, but in this vast universe, terrible things, unnatural things are bound to happen, and I'm, I'm glad you at least made it up. Uh, we'll drink to them. I'll pray for your friends. Um, thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. And he gets another top-up by the Br- Brunary. Guys, I have a I have a theory, if we can pull away and chat for a hot second. Yeah, let's get, to, let's get our own table. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vale's sitting at a table, like, working, if you want to go join them. Yeah, that's fine. We can join them. Okay, okay. Hi, guys. Okay. We're going to go check on our friend. He's not as good at making friends. They've already ordered like another round of boozy hot chocolates, and uh, they just all kind of give you like a very a, a friendly, courteous nod as you as you leave. I'm surprised there's not more like tasty hot beverages in a in a ice on an ice planet, you know. Well, we have our new business if we uh, if we want to give up this whole adventuring thing. Boozy milkshake, just like boozy sweet drinks. Yeah. Anyway, I have a, I have a theory. I have a wild theory, and it probably is absolutely wrong. If okay. you say elephant durin, I'll kiss you on the no. lips. <laughs> no elephant. Don't don't tell me. All right. It might be though, but that's not the point. All right. We have a list of like potential like things that it could be, right? Um assuming you told us what Jensen said, right? Yeah, of so, course, yeah. Remember the Valai, how they would take on a form that you would kind of expect? What what if like all these things are just are correct? Like what if it's something like that that's just taken on a form of something bad, right? Well, didn't we realize that Project Dahlia involves shape shifting? Shit. So maybe whatever's out there is the byproduct of whatever experiments are happening on this planet. And they're using the live blood. They're using it's I don't know. That's just it's a working theory. I know it's we're just running off rumors right now, but my brain just it it jumped to this and I couldn't not say it. Once again, I knowing our luck, we're going to run into this thing, whether it has something to do with us or not. So let's just the one thing that we can we know are the orange eyes. So. Be on the lookout for that. That will be the first indicator. If this thing can look like snow and literally attack us, we can't see that coming. So orange eyes. What color was the Valai's eyes that we met? Uh, blue. Like blue, yeah. They were even blue when Satir was taken over, right? Yeah. Yes. Vale is uh, frantically sort of typing away on a little holographic workstation. And once they've finished whatever they're doing, they kind of like smush it into their their palm and like it crumbles into uh, like a bunch of pixels that bounce across the table and then like dissipate and they look at you and they say uh, did you find out anything about Dahlia nope we just talked about a strike and a monster I, I'll go back and ask them hold on <laughs> well don't mention it by name yeah, yeah, let's 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 keep that on the down low for now some 
we need to find out a little bit about Contra, right? I mean, yes, the Contra is behind Dahlia, so it would make sense that we we maybe talk to a few people who work at Contra, yes? I got this. <sighs> Cody turns around, walks back to the table, and sits down. So, any of you guys uh, work with Contra? Uh, the one guy who has the who got the milkshakes, like, yeah, yeah, I, I I do a little bit of manufacturing with them, yeah. What would you do if I told you we're here to fuck up their shit? It it is my job. I, I hate them, but like I do need a job. So I, as long as hey, you don't put them out of business, uh, that would be cool. You know these fuckers; they never go out of business. Uh huh. Sure. Uh, we're basically just looking for a little information, maybe if you can give it. If not, it's fine. We're friends, and uh, just kind of know where where they're at. If they have a secret base somewhere that's getting weird shipments. When you say that, everyone at the table shifts very uncomfortably, and they look at you and you're like, "Look, I know you're new here. Not those questions. Not to any of us." Yeah, I figured. Okay, I go back. If that didn't work, good try, Cody. I mean, this is what we expected. We knew that these people weren't going to be uh, particularly helpful in this sense. But I hear me out. Like that reaction was was an answer enough, wasn't it? Exactly. We know that people might not be as stupid as we uh, assume they are. Just because they say they don't want to talk about it usually means it's because they know what they're talking about. Worst case, they know who to come to if they want to give us information. Or they'll tell someone who'll try to come kill us, and we kill them and get information from them. Both great routes. Vale turns what they were working on around on like a little display and says, I have uh, secured a permit to leave the city to head out. It, of course, is not a official one to go to the warehouse, but uh, it is what we need in order to leave the city. Uh, so whenever you are ready, we can check this warehouse out. Sounds like a plan. Let's go. Sounds like we're going to be attacked by a shape-shifting monster. Oh, yeah. Watch out for orange eyes. Let's at least do some recon on it first before we just run in. Like, I don't want, I don't want what happened last time to happen again. Okay. We'll well, be last fine. time. We just kind of winged it. Oh, at the uh, army base. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I will say the, the warehouse is like, it's fairly close to the city. And all these attacks were like out in the middle of the oh, okay. sort of elements on the way to like the manufacturing plants. I mean, what would help us if we could get like, if we knew, because Contra isn't the only corpo here, right? Or is it just Contra? No, there's a bunch of corporations, but the warehouse okay, you guys right. are going to is mm -hmm. Contra's. Okay. Right. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, but I do want us to be able to like, we should have a list of like all of Contra's like at least known assets here on the planet. Yes, Vale has that. So that okay, is cool. that is like Vale's lead right now is mm -hmm. they have all of the registered businesses and facilities that Contra has here. Um, and then there is like resources that aren't being allocated to any of those. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the the goal now of going to the warehouse is to See if you can find out where those resources are going under the assumption that that would be the black site. Mm -hmm. So what y'all doing? Oh, we're going. We're Let's go. Okay. Let's, let's, let's hit it. You guys make your way to city limits and a couple guards uh, check your permit, uh, give you a nod. And then there is a like vehicle rental place that you kind of have to. It's like a mandatory thing. You're not allowed to just like wander out into the wilderness. And Vale just waves their hand over one of the keypads and a brief little sort of like animation happens, like 8-bit animation of Vale sort of like unlocking a door on the screen. And then a car comes like sliding in from the, the depot. All right. Shall we? Cody, drive. Oh, you know it. I fucking gun it into the snow as fast as possible. 
When are we going to have that conversation, Merrick? <laughs> it's not particularly fast. It, it, this is like a utility vehicle. Um, so pushing it to the limit. Like, yeah. And you guys get there fairly quickly and uneventfully. There's really nothing going on. It's like a 10, 15 minute ride. And when you arrive to the uh, perimeter of the warehouse, there's uh, just like a, a fence that loops around it. Um, but it's it's made of energy. But once again, Vale walks up to it and waves their hand over the field and a pixelated door appears. They open it up and walk through. So helpful. So yeah, helpful. We follow. All we do is murder. Mm-hmm. I make friends. And make friends. You're right, Cody. Um, once again, Vale turns around and like points their finger, like a little gun motion, and uh, the door disappears. What now? Yeah, what now? We don't. We didn't really talk about what we're gonna do when we got here. Which yeah, we we'll probably keep winging it. I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> Gentlemen, I do not have to tell you again. We're going in. We're going to infiltrate. We're going to look for where the resources are going. If we find the resources that are missing, we will probably find the black site. So first things first, we get inside. We find a data at point. I will do my thing. You will make sure that nobody bothers me. It will be easy. All right. Sounds okay. good to me. Okay. Uh, who would like to take the lead? I would I would assume our sneaky little... All right. Yeah, I'll friend. take the lead. I'll be a stealthy boy. I'll lead this party. If there's a moment's hesitation, Cody will just start going. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't want that. I don't want that. I'll, I'll lead. I'll lead. I'll be, I'll be the stealthy boy. What do you want? Uh, stealth check, please. Okay. I got a 28 on my stealth. Do we also need to participate? No, I'm, I'm counting this as like Durin moving forward and and getting into position before you guys do. Cool. Give me a perception check. You managed to close the, the distance and get up to the uh, the exterior wall of the warehouse. Okay, my perception is... I got a 24 in my perception. Cool. You look around and you don't see anybody, but you do see prints in the snow of what looks like someone walking around the perimeter of the building. Okay, uh, what kind of footprints are they? Uh, humanoid. Okay. Uh, it's kind of impossible to tell what kind, but like, yeah, yeah. you know, a medium humanoid creature is, it looks like is patrolling the building. Like I'm assuming they're behind me, so I'll point to the footprints and just like do the do an eye a signal that's like keep an eye out. Are you telling them to come in or like come over? Oh, I'm, I thought they were following with me. I'm sorry, I didn't realize I was proceeding alone. Okay, uh, let me get to the wall at least before before. Um... Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's where you are. Like you have secured uh, the passage gotcha. to the the warehouse. Uh, for right now, it is clear. Yeah, then I, then I will usher them. Well, I'll do a perception on like if I see that the patrolling guard at all real quick, and then I'll urge them over sure uh 21 um judging by like the actually give me a survival that's not that great though but okay um i got a 25 cool uh judging by the depth of the snow that's blown over you know that they are they're about to finish their lap so they're going to be coming around very very soon shit okay um then i will not call them over i want to stealth maybe hide in the snow and wait for them to pass okay now we're just out in the open though, right? Yes. Oh shit, okay. Uh, fuck, I can't tell them to hide from over here, so I guess just urge them over, let's see what happens. Cool, yeah, you guys hustle on over and Vale gets to the keypad once again, presses their hand against it, and you hear a, a satisfying beep as it unlocks. And then uh, they press their hand on the snow and a like little shimmering pixels begin filling in your footsteps. 
mm-hmm. and fills them up with like holographic snow. So it looks like like there's no footprints where you guys came from. Nice. Very cool. All right, let's head in. Let's before the guard gets away. Like, it's like there's someone going to come. There's someone patrolling. We got to get inside soon. And as you guys enter, uh, you realize that this is probably the best time to do it because none of the workers are there. Oh. And the entire warehouse is, at first glance, empty. Oh, nice. Interesting. They wouldn't leave. All coming up us. Yeah, that's that's always more concerning than when things go bad, honestly. <laughs> I'm sure nothing will go wrong. Okay. Where do we start with that? What does it look like? Uh, so you are in a long warehouse of like corrugated steel with a rounded roof. And there are rows and rows of shelving with various sizes of boxes, like rounded polymer boxes. They're not wooden. They're, they look like they're like a synthetic plastic type. Um, mm. All of them have Contra logos on them. And then there is a bay of seven transport shuttles. Some of them look like they're mostly meant for personnel. And then there are others that look far more suited for cargo. And then there is a staircase off to your right that goes up into sort of what looks like an overseer's office or like a foreman's office um, with some computers overlooking the warehouse floor. Vale's already moving their way upstairs to the office. I got an 18 to look for the Black Dahlia logo or the Dahlia logo, sorry. Yeah, you'll have to do like kind of a walk through the the place okay i won't do that just in terms of stealth but like at quick glance nothing yeah from from the like what you can see right now you don't see the dahlia logo anywhere mm. all right i guess i will stealth up behind veil uh, can i maybe do a survival check see if there's any any fresh like footprints in here uh sure that's a 25 stealth by the way okay and where are you going with your stealth i guess we're following veil right okay cool I got a dirty 20 on my survival. Um, You look around and you do see that there are some wet boot prints in here as well. Interesting. Wet, wet boot prints. As in like they just came from the outside. Most likely. All right. I guess let's see what's on those computers. Bale's already hooked themselves up into one of the consoles and has a sort of virtual console for themselves as they are going through a bunch of data and Every now and then they'll just like they make a noise to themselves and they'll like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Everyone give me a perception check real quick. Okay. Okay. That's a twenty-six. Um, that is a twenty-five. Okay. Rolling rocks. I got a thirty. Durin. Mm. You notice that along the catwalk across from the office, there is someone pointing a rifle at you guys. Everyone roll oh. me some initiative. Oh shit, okay. Hello, Space Jam Dane here to do the things. Uh, We're going to keep it quick, fast, and I know I say that all the time, but now it's just for me. First and foremost, we hope you're enjoying the episode. Second, uh, Niall has a book coming out. I don't know if we've ever talked about this or if you know this, but Niall's a writer. He's an author, and a uh, story that he wrote is coming out in an anthology, and it would be pretty kick-ass if you pre-ordered his book. If that's something you want to do, head on over to bit.ly slash dragonpreorder23. Once again, if you'd like to pre-order Niall's book, it is bit.ly slash dragonpreorder23. 
Speaking of also uh, using URLs to get cool shit, uh, we have partnered up with Misty Mountain Gaming. They provide some of the coolest dice. Uh, I think all of us now are rolling with Misty Mountain Dice. Uh, we met them almost a year ago, exactly, at Fan Expo, and we fell in love with them. They are the best. They're uh, amazing people. They're a great company, and they also have really cool fucking dice. But if you already have a set of dice and you uh, think, oh, well, you know, I, I don't need another set of dice. One, you're wrong. Everyone needs more dice. And two, they have so many cool accessories that you might think you never needed, but then you see them and you're like, I want those desperately. So head on over to MistyMountainGaming.com and use our code at checkout, NoQuest10, to save yourself 10% off everything on the store. Once again, that is NoQuest10 to save yourself 10% on the entire store at MistyMountainGaming.com. And finally, if you'd like to support the show in a uh, more tangible way, we would love for you to head on over to our Patreon. You can find it at NoQuestCast.com and click the Patreon form or Patreon.com slash NoQuestCast. We have a bunch of different options that you can choose from. We have a bunch of rewards as well from uh, Discord benefits to access to unique stat blocks to getting a monthly world primer that is set in Casamal so that you can add our campaign setting to your campaign. And it's a really great way to show your support for the show in a uh, in a financial way. And while I'm talking about NoQuestCast.com, click on over to that site and join the Discord because we'd love to have you. It's the best community that I think we could ever ask for and we would love for you to join it. And that's it. We will see you in two weeks' time. Friends, I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. They don't get a surprise round because you saw them. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Durham, what'd you get? 26. Eric? Um, 23. Cody? 20. I'm so happy that I asked in the order that you guys got so I don't have to like write it down <laughs> and then rearrange. Cause, what, yeah. what about Vale? What, what's Vale's initiative? Uh, vale is currently hacking. So they ah. will not be taking place in this uh, combat. Uh, I'm going to urge everyone, get down! Set the scene for us a little bit, Dane. Yeah. yeah. So you guys are in a uh, rectangular office that uh, has a curved table that has a couple different monitors on it. One seems to be just like security cameras that you can like see have different angles, like one on the outside, uh, a couple facing the vehicles, a couple facing the shelves. There's one like looking at a loading dock um, across the way where Dern has spotted the shooter is a thin catwalk that runs around sort of the perimeter of the building there's a couple other tables in here and like filing cabinets and there's like a server bank as well so they're like across on like the perimeter catwalk yeah they're about uh i would say 60 feet away 60 feet okay yeah and are the is the office in the middle the office is on the opposite wall oh okay so they're slightly above you as well they're about like 10 feet above um and Dern. You go first. Yeah, um, I'm going to like shout the like, get down now as I um, activate my cloaking field and I am going to hide in plain sight. Um, and that is a 30. Cool. Does your cloaking field do anything to your heat signature or is it just a visual effect? You know what? I think it's just a visual effect, but I will check. Okay, please do. I don't see anything about 
heat signatures, so I'm assuming... Yeah, it doesn't. Okay, good to know. Yep. The guard does not flinch and maintains like a direct line of fire on you. Okay, cool. Merrick, it's your turn. Long distance, Merrick doesn't really have much he can do. Um, so I'm just going to take a defensive stance by Veil, sort of like blocking line of sight with my body. Sure. Uh, so they can keep doing, and then I'm just, if anyone comes into the room, I'll strike them, but that's all I can do for now. Going into uh, photon mode. Okay. Cody? How So how high up off the ground are they over there? Uh, they'd be like 50 feet up. 50 feet up. Okay. Is there room for me to get a 10 foot like run from the office to the actually no that wouldn't work i'm just gonna start running as fast as i can around the uh the walkway so i can try to get to them you'd have to go up a ladder because like the walkway is above the office okay it's like 10 feet 10 feet above the office okay um so it's just a 10 feet 10 feet up though yeah like there's a there's a ladder connecting to the walls of the office so like you go up the stairs there's like the walkway for where the office is. And then on the sides of the office are the ladders that go up onto the walkway that run around the building. Okay. Well, I will, I guess, just factor into the movement. Uh, yeah. I mean, you could take two, two move actions. Yeah. That's what I was doing. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, you'd be, what's your movement speed? It says 45. It seems like a lot. I mean, um, you might have some like soldier, like just abilities okay. that give you more speed. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm 45. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, you are pretty much at the end of the opposite wall. Cool. So would it take me another full turn to get to them? Yeah, for sure. Because you'd have to run 60 feet across and then another, like, run towards where where you started, but like, right. on the opposite wall. Uh, could I try to get a read on the, what type of gun they have? Uh, it looks like a rifle, but you could give me a engineering check to try to discern what type of rifle. Never mind. All right, that's me. All right, it is their turn, um, and they are going to take... Hmm. You see them reposition their aim to Vale, but once Merrick gets in front, they sort of, like, look around, and then they see Cody just fucking, like, clung, 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 along the metal walkway. Uh, so they're going to take a shot off at uh, you, Cody. That is a 26 KAC. Yep. That is 16 points of piercing damage. Cool. All right. It is Durin's turn. Okay, okay. Um, so my uh, my laser pistol has a range of 90 feet. So if he's 60 feet away, I'm going to try to move in closer, um, do a trick attack, and just try to like m- close the distance so I can like maybe hop from cover to cover, closing the distance, trying to get closer to the to the uh, the target. Okay, so how are you closing the distance? Because right now you are like in an office, and then there's 60 feet of open air, and they're on a catwalk about 10 feet up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm straight up just going to, like, probably... Is there another ladder? Like, it can, like, Cody yeah, go up one ladder, f- I go up at the other, and we can, like, pin- pincer him? Sure, yeah. Yep, that's what I would like to do. Okay, cool. But I have the range to do a trick, so let's see if we can pull it off. Um, my stealth is a 39. 39. Very good. Uh, yes. Okay. This okay. is not a CR-19 creature. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I guess there's no reason to use my special abilities for this one just yet. So I'm going to make just an attack with my pistol um, and then we'll get a 27 versus uh, EAC. Yeah, that hits. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm so not used to my trick attacks going off. So I was like, oh, I don't I don't need the dice up yet for it. All right. The precision damage is 23 mm-hmm. and the um, the fire damage is 10 points of fire damage. And I need a fortitude save. OK, uh, they got an 11. 
Ooh, that that's a fail. So um, they are. What was it? What is the thing I do? I'm trying to find it real quick. Staggering shot. There you go. They're staggered. Damn, that really fucks their shit up. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> I also forgot that they could trick attack, and now they can't. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Cool, Merrick. It's your turn. I don't want to leave Vale's side. Um, like, can I roll a perception check to see if there's any? Like, I can hear anything else or anyone moving in or. Yeah, please. Um, that's going to be a 25. Cool. Yes. As you are watching uh, Duran and Cody sort of like run at this dude from either side and him trying to figure out what position is best, uh, you see Duran get a really good hit on this dude and he like almost drops his rifle off the side of the catwalk, but he manages to catch it. And as your eye kind of like follows where the gun would drop, you notice that you hear the sounds of footsteps on metal as uh, on both sides of the stairs leading up into the office, you see two more guards kind of creeping up on you. All right. So how far away is a guard from me right now? Like 30 feet. They'll be they'll the be there. They're like at the bottom of the stairs? They're like midway up. They'll they'll get to you next round. Okay. So yeah, I'm just going to let Cody and Duran. I got, yeah, guns are going off. I can yell. I'm just going to yell up that there's more. Uh, and then I'm going to uh, prepare an action that as soon as someone walks in through the office door, I'll make an attack. Cool. Uh, Cody, it's your turn. To get to the corner, how much further do I need to move? Um, so you, it's like 60 feet forward would get you onto his side of the wall. And mm-hmm. then you would need like another like another 60 feet. 90? Yeah, like another I've already good. gone 90. So if I'm 45 from the corner, because then I can move and charge. You would have to use your whole... Uh, yes, how far can you charge? 60 feet or twice my distance. So all I need to do is make it to the side he's on in 45 then I could charge all the way over, which would be fun. Fuck it, yeah. Uh, so movement action, I'm going to move to like the corner. So it's just a straight shot down the walkway. And then I'm going to charge 60 feet and hit this motherfucker with my hammer. Okay. Uh, it's a 24. Uh, yeah. As like, again, probably absolutely terrifying because I'm fast. And then I hit that corner and all of a sudden I'm like twice as fast. And I'm just flying down the straight line. He's been stunned. He's been clipped. And he just sees this giant hammer coming in. Yeah, the way I see it is like you're running down the catwalk and then like as you hit the corner, you press off the, the wall with like your the one foot that's not on the ground to give you like an extra burst of speed. Yeah, because like I've got jets in my heels and on my back now as well. So I'm just like, I rolled really shit damage, but that is going to be 22 points of bludgeoning and electricity damage. He takes that big fucking hit from you and slings his um, rifle over his shoulder and tries to just fucking shank you with a tack knife. Okay. Okay. Uh, He rolls a nat one. So as he (laughs) tries to draw his knife, the wound that you hit him with, like, I'm like you clip like just under hit like the wing of his arm uh what the fuck are they called delts blade. You know? and as he goes to draw his knife he fumbles it and it clinks onto the catwalk and off and onto the floor below cody just smiles he takes a he takes a guarded step back uh can he he's staggered oh shit yeah you're right so yeah that's his that's his thing <laughs> Uh, all right. It is, uh, the two guards coming up the stairs. So one, uh, gets up into the doorway. Uh, the other one, you get an attack of opportunity or not attack of opportunity, but a, a ready action on. Yeah. So yeah, Merrick's just like on the other side of the door, like arms raised, 
black blade in hand, and as soon as he comes in, I'm just going to go straight down on top of him. Does a 31 hit? <laughs> yes, it does. Nice. All right, so that's going to be 28 points of damage. 28, okay. Yeah, he takes a big fucking hit, and he, like, <laughs> you just come down and bury your sword into, like, the top of his clavicle. He uh, staggers back. He manages to push you and get a little distance off you, but... Good lord, have you done some damage to him. It is the other guard aims at Vale. Holy shit, and they miss. Um, You (laughs) see a gunshot go off, and it shatters the glass that they use to, like, look down onto the floor below, and it just, like, and Vale sort of whips their head around and looks at you, Merrick, and be like, I would appreciate not getting shot, please. Doing my best. Uh, Dern, it's your turn. Okay, um, so I'm going to like make my way up the ladder, I'm guessing, try to get onto the catwalk, and I would like to do my trick attack. Um, my stealth is a 35. Yep. And instead of doing the attack, I am going to do a harrowing fire, which means I only have to beat a DC 15. Okay. <laughs> which I do. I rolled a 19 on the die, so doing that, so I believe it lowers his AC by 2, and... Cody, if you make your ne- uh, the next hit you make on him, you get my sneak attack damage on nice. my trick attack damage on it. Wait, what? Damn. Yeah. All right. Actually, Duran, tell me what that looks like because that's really um, fucking cool. Yeah, I'm imagining like I'm trying to like sneak my way up the ladder. He's being distracted by Cody, and when he's not expecting, he's a little staggered, a little weak, and I just start like laying fire near him, getting him distracted, and lining up a shot for Cody. Nice. Yeah, you begin just sort of like just peppering shots and every time he's just like recoiling and Mm -hmm. he's completely distracted by making sure he's not getting hit with your fire considering how fucked up it was when you hit him last time. Yeah. And he's turned his back to you, Cody. Uh, Merrick, it is your turn. There's a guy in front of you and then there's another guy like 20 feet away from you uh, who's shooting at Vale. I guess I'll go up to the guy that was shooting Vale. So I'll take the attack of opportunity if he gets one. Yeah. Yes. No, he would have his, uh, he's got his stack knife out. Uh, that is, I finally rolled. That's a 30 KAC. Oh, you'll hit me. Hell yeah. 13 points of slashing damage. As you leave, he manages to like put his blade just like against your ribs. And with your own momentum, he just pulls back and just gives you a big old slash. I'll be back for you. I'm going to go up to the guy who is attacking Vale and make an attack. Okay. Blade coming cross sort of at his chest. For a 28 KC. Yep. For another 28 points of damage. Damn. Okay. How do you hit him? Um, so yeah, so I'm just coming at him, sort of getting in the momentum of sort of being hit, following through with it, getting him sort of just in the chest, trying to make sure he stops shooting at bail. Perfect. Yeah, he you managed to like, he staggers back a bit and uh, is is no longer worried about Vale. Cody. With the advantage, I guess I'll just take the one attack. Okay. That is going to be a 23. Yes, you hit. Amazing. Please add four D8s to your damage, Jesus my dude. Christ. <laughs> uh, That's oh my no. favorite laugh. So, like, <laughs> I, like, hit him. He, like, fumbles his knife. I, I imagine Bullet's, like, whipping by because Dern's such a good shot, like, almost, like, clipping his ears. So, like, they're, like, wing, and he turns. And as he turns, I just bring my hammer, like, down on the top of his head for 47 points of damage. <laughs> Um, Fuck yeah. And he just go like the force of the hammer, like he just keeps going to the point where he hits the ground and his head just like pops like a fucking melon as he is 
super dead. <laughs> oh, man. And I, I really like this ability. I'm very happy with it. I look at Durin and I just like give him the biggest thumbs up and I'm going to switch to my rifle for my move action. Hell yeah. The guard that originally attacked you, Merrick, he does like a, a lunging jump to jump onto Vale's back and try to stab him. And this is going to be a trick attempt. Uh, he does get his stealth off, but he misses his attack. So during the chaos of Vale being distracted, he manages to sneak up on him. But as he dives, Vale just holds up their arm and a shield appears around them and he just bounces off. Uh, and the other guy is move action going to switch to his tack knife. Now, we've decided that you can switch weapons as part of a a, move, a trick right? attack, right? We've we've done that for uh, you, yes, Durin. We have yeah. done that for me, so okay. it, it's only fair. Then he's going to do the same thing. He's got the same ability you have to not take attacks of opportunity when he does his trick attack. So he's going to take a, a little bit of a movement away from you, uh, Merrick, and attempt a trick attack on your ass. That is a... Can I step up? How far away is he? Uh, he's not taking a five-foot step. Okay. He's like taking a movement with his, his trick attack. Uh, that is a, yeah, it's a 32. So he beats your uh, DC for his trick attack. Now he's going to try to hit you. This is where it all falls apart. It does. Uh, <laughs> I assume a 19 isn't hitting your KAC. Uh, not at all, no. Cool. Yeah, he manages to get free from you. And as he's like just scrambling away, he just takes a couple shots with his semi-auto pistol. As you just hear like a, a quick like, but none of them even come close to hitting you. Uh, Durin, it's your turn. Okay, um, so I'm going to start making my way back to the other fight. Uh, I mean, I have the range, so let's let's set up a trick attack, all right? Let's, uh... Sure. Yeah, I will say that like because the glass has now been shattered as well, you can see both of the guards in the, the room. Um, might not do it. My stealth is a 24. Uh, that is not enough, no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, then I'll just try to get a standard attack while I like close the distance. Uh, and I got a 24 versus EAC. Now, who are you attacking? Are you attacking the oh, one? Sorry, that the one just... that uh, that's close to Merrick. Okay, because I was I was uh, I was doing it to do a setup and strike, but it didn't go through. So okay, cool. Um, yes, that that does hit them. Okay, um, and then I do ah uh, pretty low. I do uh, eight points of fire damage to him as I just try to get close and then try to you know. Try to get close into the conflict. Yeah, he's not paying attention at all due to Merrick just kind of like ping-ponging back and forth along the room. Uh, and you managed to clip him for uh, a decent amount of chunk or health. Merrick, it's your turn. I'm going to move to attack the guy closest to Vale. Okay, cool. I'm going to say that you can uh, you can guarded step in if you want. Okay, cool. Then I'll make two attacks. Well, you still... I realize that doesn't really help you You because it's a move action now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is move action now. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just move up. Make one attack. Does a 27 KAC hit? Yes, it does. 27 points of damage. Focus on me. This guy, yeah, you hit him with another fucking just absolute gash across his chest as he's now completely focused on you and realizes that uh, taking you out is priority number one if he wants to get to Veil. Cody, it's your turn. Uh, two shots with my rifle, one at each. I'll start okay. with the one closest to Vale. Uh, <laughs> that is going to be a 26. Yep. Yeah, that's only going to be 11 points of damage. Okay. And then the other one, uh, that probably won't do it. It's going to be a 20 EAC. That does it. Damn. All right. I mean, this is just guys doing their job. <laughs> Don't, Don't try to guilt for us. This. 
Yeah, uh, no, they deserve this. <laughs> 16 points of damage. Uh, okay, perfect. Yeah, you managed to get like two just perfectly placed shots on these guys. Uh, and now you can see there's a little bit of panic. It was bad enough, like Merrick being in the room. But now that they have these two guys outside, just peppering them with pretty well-placed shots, they aren't loving it. Uh, all right, it is their turn. Um, both of them are going to attempt trick attacks on you as they switch to their uh, tack knives. I guess one of them already has it out, but yes, they're they're tack knifing you. Uh, first stealth works. Second stealth works. All right, let's see if I can roll a decent attack. Twenty one KC on you, Merrick. Uh, that does not do it. No. Uh, oh, that's a natural twenty. Ooh. All right, that one. That one does it. it had to happen go. at some point. Yeah. Let's go. Trick attack doesn't get multiplied, right? No, no. I mean, that would be bonkers, but it would be nice. So the first guy goes in and does like a big swipe, almost too exaggerated, and you do a lean back to avoid it. And as you do, you feel an arm wrap around your neck, and the other guy just drive the dagger up and over from behind you into your chest for 38 points of damage. Oh, 38. Um, and now this dude has like, he's got you in like a chokehold, and he's just like twisting the knife that's like buried into your chest from behind. Uh, Durin, it's your turn. Oh, fuck. Okay. Um, yeah, I want to get as much heat off of, um, Merrick as possible. The one that specifically is holding the knife. I'm going to try to close the distance. Um, so that way I'll be in melee range after this. Um, but let's get a trick attack off. Okay. Um, my stealth is a, uh, 27. Yep. You do it. Okay. Okay. Um, you're standing back down to the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, office okay cool so i'm assuming you've dropped down off the ladder and you land yeah. in the doorway and you see merrick getting like you know fucking just prison shivved by this dude <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, i don't want to save merrick's ass on this one so let's do it um i got a 25 versus eac yeah um let's see i got nine points of fire damage and then 23 points of precision damage and he's flat food for everyone at this point how do you kill him oh man i just want to i just can imagine like he's stabbing into merrick like twisting the knife and i just like peek around the corner coming in fast and just like almost like a target popped up and just bam, and he's just down as he falls to the ground Same. yeah merrick you feel this grip around your neck loosen and then you just hear a as the dude behind you drops to the ground. Good job, Dern. Uh, Merrick, it's your turn. The dude is right in front of you. I'm sorry it had to come to this. Uh, I'm going to make two attacks. There was a time when Merrick would ask the life story of the mm -hmm. people he killed. Whatever happened to that, Merrick? Trauma? Um, that's going to be a 23, Casey. Yeah, that hits. 31. How do you finish him? Uh, yeah, I think Merrick in that moment realizes he's getting just very used to, to killing like they have been lately and how he, once again, cares less about who he's killing. Uh, and he makes a little mental note of that in this moment and uh, then just finishes it quick and cleanly, just like straight up through his heart, let him sort of rest on his shoulder for a second and then just pull the blade back out as he hits the ground. Um, and as he hits the ground, Vale turns around and says, Gentlemen, I'm not going to lie. You've gotten quite good at that. Yeah. We've been practicing. Yeah. And then Vale uh, puts their hand up on the like holographic screen they're working and slides it towards one of the actual monitors and opens up a video feed of a Ministry of Defense ship 
unloading those Dahlia crates <sighs> into one of the transports that you see on the, the ground outside or like on the the like vehicle bay. And Vale says, Well, gentlemen, I would say that we have ourselves a lead. I have tracked where that transport has gone, and I believe I know where Project Dahlia is. Both good news. Uh, where's the bad? Oh, the bad, as you have just demonstrated quite handily, is 100% on Contra's end. Let's go get my fucking sister. <laughs> <laughs>